Welcome to Tea O'Clock with Keller. Bring your tea and leave with more. Hello. Hello. Welcome to our final episode of Series 2. We're season 2 finale. Yes, and it'll be the final episode, cross-country episode. <gasps> oh my god, yeah. yeah. I'm not cross-country because we're not across the same country. I know what you mean. You know what I mean? I can't think Cross of Cross continent. Right no, no. Hang mm. on. <laughs> Cut that. Anyway, moving on. Final episode of the series. Very exciting. It's a full circle moment. We're going back to AI, which we talked about in our Clara and Sen episode, which yeah. that was one of the first ones, wasn't it? It was one of the first yeah. ones. So this week we're going to talk about the film Her, directed by Spike Young. I think it Jones, yeah, Yon, oh no. Basically, yeah. one of my favourite films. Yes, I've been meaning to watch it for so long ever since you said, but I didn't want to watch it without you. So I did end up watching it without you, but we're going to fully discuss it, so it's okay. Exactly, exactly. And I actually had to watch this film for one of my gender seminars this term. Very cool. Um, Before that. God, why do I feel all over the place? Because absolutely fine to you for like an hour. No, well, I was just going to say because you've had so many exams. I'm not saying this is an exam context, but we're doing more analysis, and your brain must be frazzled from that. Yeah, I'm like thinking, oh my god, this is my oral exam. (laughs) (laughs) Good practice. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, before we go into chatting about her, yes, like to share what you've been consuming. Yeah. Hey Kerry, what have you been consuming this week? I thought I'd start off with what I've been watching because um, Ella and I were just talking before this about how I watched Pierce I Love You last night and it's one of my favourite films because once again I have not really been watching anything new. Oh, do you know what? That's an absolute lie. Um, <laughs> still shout out to Pierce I Love You. Yeah. All I have to say about that is that it's incredible and highly recommend but I did go to watch the new Top Gun. Yes, you did. You haven't told oh, me about it. Yeah, I forgot. I did, did I even tell you what my review was of the original Top Gun? I didn't even realise you'd watched it. Yeah, I did. I watched it while I was getting ready for something, actually. I think oh. I finished calling you. Yes, and then I put told, it on. You told me you were going to watch it, but you didn't tell me yeah. what you thought of it. Well. Ooh, give me a little Top Gun <laughs> summary. Well, I love this. Funnily enough, after, when I finished Top Gun, my reaction was, I really liked it, but I would, I think I would love it if it was set in the present day. Well, like, I mean, if they made it now. Yeah. Um, to which George, who I went to watch the new one with, said, well, it's a good job we're going to see the new one, then you'll love that. And I really did, because, oh, it's so sexist, the original. It's painfully yeah, it so. Understandable. Oh god, that like it's I don't know. Yeah, I mean it encompasses all of the eighties, you know. Yeah, it's just to be expected. But aside from that, I did surprisingly enjoy it. I thought that the music was exceptional. That was very much enjoyable. And I'm sure watching the sequel made me appreciate the original so much more. I actually understood it because I feel like. In the first one, you just see them flying around and it's in being all macho and that. But then in Top Gun Maverick, 
it's a lot more technical and I understood what it meant to have a hard deck and they were, had to fly around more like assault course kind of things. That's absolutely the wrong word. But I think, yeah, they had the cinematic technology now to be able to go more in depth into the flying. Yeah, rather than um, it just being there flying. Yeah. So I really liked it and we love that there was an actual woman uh, pilot. Yay. So that was really fun. And yeah, so overall, I really enjoyed Top Gun Maverick. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but uh, my jaw dropped multiple times. Uh, Is this in regard to Miles Teller without his shirt on playing volleyball? <laughs> That's not what I was thinking about, but did you see that I commented on a picture of that on Facebook? Oh, no, I haven't been on Oh, I, I just had George in it. I've seen the whole um, everyone <laughs> thirsting over Miles Teller. <laughs> that was my favourite scene. It's funny because we were talking about it before I went to see it, I think, about how I didn't personally find him attractive. Mm. Um, and I very much did. When, especially when they played the uh, American football on the beach and the sun was setting. Oh, it was such a beautiful scene. (laughs) And I just have so much appreciation for Tom Cruise because I just can't get over the stunts that he did. And I watched the fifth Mission Impossible film on the other night, actually. And oh my God, the stunts he does in that, like holding his breath underwater and everything. I just, I can't get over this man. I think he has to be a little bit insane doing all these kind of stunts and things. It's crazy. Yeah. But it is, it is impressive. Yeah. Kudos to him. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. Sorry, that was a very long one for that. Um, (laughs) In terms of what I've been reading, oh god, I don't think I've read anything new. No, I haven't read anything new. That's really bad, isn't it? I've still I've still been reading Ugly Love very slowly and reading that book that I spoke about last time. But I can remember. That um the one I read voluntary the this time next summer. Ah yes, yes, yes. So my review for that is up on my Goodreads. We should actually connect our Goodreads somehow to the podcast. That could be fun. Maybe I'll make like a link tree thing for our podcast. Yeah. I'll put them in there. Yeah, that would be cool. Definitely trying to think before I've read anything. What, what's, what are you planning on reading when you go away? Oh, yeah. I don't know what books to take with me. I got, I did get a Murakami book. I got Dance, Dance, Dance in the charity shop the other day. So I could take that with me. Maybe Sorrow and Bliss, I've heard really good things. Oh, I thought of something I have read. I've read The Swimmer by Graham Norton. Oh. It's, I think I told you I got, it's one of the one-pound ones that they do for World Book Day. I think it's part of that. So it's a short story. And I, oh, I love his writing so much. It's not best work ever, but it still is really fun. It's only short. So perfect for people like me who just like, don't have time to read nowadays. <laughs> And then in terms of what I have been listening to, once again, <laughs> Harry, just Harry. Um, but my favourite album at the moment is probably Rumours by Fleetwood Mac. Good choice. Yeah, I just, I've always liked it, but 
for some reason I've been very into it recently. Oh, that just reminded me. I need to do my hurdle today. I've also been enjoying listening to that. My hurdle. You know Wordle, but they've made a song version. I did not know that. Yeah, it's so fun. Oh, do you have to like guess the song? They play they play one second of it of a song, and then you have to guess what it is, and then you can skip it another second, and then you can skip it up to like six times, and then you just don't get it. That's really cool. That sounds like a game that we used to play in maths, right? With my math yeah. teacher. He, at, like only at the end of term, it was like one of his end of term games. Yeah. And he had this thing where it would play like the beginning of a song from like a certain genre or time yeah. period. And you had to guess it. And everyone um, got very competitive. It was very fun. Um, oh, that's just so fun. Oh, that sounds really fun. It's though. spelt hurdle as in I heard it. Uh, I couldn't find it for ages because I thought it was a hurdle that you jump over and then I was like yeah okay that does not make any sense <laughs> yes uh, anyway hey Ella what have you been consuming this week what about me watching oh I've already bored Kerry's ear off talking about how I've been watching Stranger Things no you you carry on the new series um, I still haven't finished it I've got one episode left um and then the final two episodes come out beginning of july Mm -hmm. i think but like they're going to be really long ones because the episodes at the moment are like an hour and a quarter each are they yeah quite hefty and then i think the last two i think the final one is going to be like two and a half hours maybe like basically film length because i think I read that they didn't plan for them to be this long, but because they've got like three quite complex storylines that are all working together, but they're separated geographically, like it just turned out that the episodes are quite long because they've got so much story to get through. Oh, no way. Yeah. Interesting. Keeps it interesting to watch. Um, I've got my theories. We'll see whether my theories yeah. are correct. Either when yeah, I finish the final episode or finish the series. Yeah. And my listening is kind of semi-linked to Stranger Things. Oh. Stranger Things has reminded me about the presence of Jamie Camelboa in the world. Oh, yes. And the fact that he himself is a musician. Yeah, and a lot of the Stranger Things actors are. Yeah, but he's in like a rock band, and he's also got his own stuff. And mm. I've been listening. He's only got like four songs. Yeah, I've been listening to them literally on repeat the past like week. So mm-hmm. much so that I think one of his songs is now the top of my on repeat, and I've only been listening wow. to it for a week, but constantly. Oh my god! Crazy. So, I don't really know how to how to explain how to categorize mm-hmm. this music because it's not really rock, but it's kind of basically like moody and gritty, aren't they? Yeah, very I'm nice. It, that, that's the hat. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced you would though. I think with your music taste, I'm not sure. No, well, I. How recent is it? Because I have listened to him back in the day, 
and I liked it, but that's because I, I was um when I was obsessed with mortal instruments. Mm. And then I thought I was gonna see him in a show. Anyway, no, but I I liked what I listened to, but maybe it's just because it was him. But some of his he's brought out a couple of songs within the past month, I think. Oh, has he? The maybe I, older. I maybe I listened to his band. But I think it was, what's his band called? Counterfeit Counterfeit. Or something. I don't. I don't know if I've listened to any of his the stuff just him. But hasn't he had his band around for a while? I think yeah. Yeah, can't. I think I think I'd be interested to hear what you you make. Oh, I listened to. He had a, their 2017 album. And I I love bopping to that. That's I think that's the only thing I heard. Mm. Yeah, not that anyone really needs to know that, but there, there you have it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Mm-hmm. Reading. Oh my gosh. Okay, Carrie knows this, but I finally finished Girl Woman Ever. Woo! Yay! Woo! Yeah. Um, that's about as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. <laughs> done. I did it. Um, no, it was, it was a good book. I just think the context in which I read it made me dislike it because it made me just mm. work and theory mm. um, but on a lighter note I read a romance novel I read Book Lovers oh yeah Henry because I th- I found it on Apple Books for like 99p and, mm. ebook, and I was like you know what screw it I want something light-hearted mm. and different to read in amongst uni stuff so I read it very quickly enjoyed it but then again it was kind of just a very typical predictable Mm. kind of book and I thought it wouldn't be because it's about book editor a book editor and a like a literary agent and how they're rivals and then they end up falling in love with each other I think it was painted as like an enemies to lovers sort of thing but they're mm. never really actually enemies okay annoyed me off the bat because I was like you they're literally flirting from their first encounter yeah I can't ever say their arch nemesis <laughs> and then the book makes you think that it's going to be like a big twist that you're not expecting as in it's not going to go the typical way that all these other rooms do but then it just ends up being super predictable and ending exactly how I expected it to. Like, I kind of guess yeah. it's been oh. Yeah. Which I found annoying because, like, I wanted to be surprised. Yeah. But then again, it was easy to read. So. Yeah, that's nice. Sometimes you just need one of those books. I like, if I'm just about to fall asleep, I like reading something like that. Anyway, on to her. Yes, now we'll stop waffling about random stuff. <laughs> Summary Friday. time yeah is um got this kind of set in the semi-future in america somewhere got this man called theodore twomley he write he writes handwritten letters for other people um he's in the process of getting a divorce from his ex-wife it's quite obvious you get divorced from your wife, but <laughs> <laughs> he's in the process of getting a divorce um and he buys this new operating system to kind of help him with his day-to-day life. And they kind of form a friendship and have a relationship and fall in love with each other. So it just kind of tracks 
their love story and how it, spoiler alert, ultimately ends in the end with her leaving. So it's. But where does she go? She, she just goes into the, I don't know, multiverse, the technology world. Yeah. I'm sure she says it like. Well, she said to him. That is too difficult to describe where she's going. Yeah, because I guess it's like beyond the realm of human capacity. Yeah. And so it's basically about a man who falls in love with his computer. Yes. Did you know what I was absolutely shook by? I felt like I really recognised her voice. I just so knew her voice. And I you couldn't quite get there. Yeah, no, next time in the edit, it was Scarlett Hansen. And I was like, oh, of course it was. It's so it bugs me so much. Yeah, she has it. such a distinct voice. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't get it. But I did, funny enough, get. I thought uh, Kristen Wiig had a brief voice bit in it, and straight away I was like, "Oh, that's Kristen Wiig," and I looked up and it was. But I didn't even get Scarlett Johansson. Am I okay? <laughs> I think I think that's understandable. It's quite. A pretty good cast. The cast is amazing. Chris Pratt's in it. Chris Pratt's in it. Um, Olivia Wilde's in it. Amy Adams yeah. is in it. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix, obviously. Yeah. Did Did we say Rooney Mara? Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. I didn't. I thought that going into it, it wasn't. I thought that it was going to be an actual robot. I didn't think it was just going to be the voice. And I thought Olivia Wilde played that robot. So I had a surprise. And she wasn't yeah. even in it much. But I swear she's on the cover of it on Netflix. Is she? Oh. Yeah. I feel like I have seen her, the head of promotional material. But anyway, yeah, incredible cast. I, I only knew that Joaquin Phoenix was in it. And Rooney Mara, I think. I'm, I'm really interested to see what your first impressions are. Obviously, it wasn't what you were expecting with it being just a voice, not an actual robot. No. I'm interested to see what you think. Because yeah, I've seen I, it countless times. I know. It really was not what I was expecting at all. And I, I still don't know what to make of it. I say straight off the bat, I highly recommend it is worth the watch. It is so mind-bending. Not to the extent of a Christopher Nolan film. You understand <laughs> what's going on. It is more so it just gets you thinking. Yeah. And I really am thinking right now. I don't. I don't. I just don't know. <laughs> I thought did that. You enjoy it. Yeah, I did. I didn't go. Oh, I love this. This is one of my favorite films. But I did like it. I'm glad I watched it. I find it more interesting to analyze and to watch for entertainment. I think well, because I was expecting it to be more so not like a sex toy robot thing, but. I didn't realise that it would get that complicated and that there would be a whole system where they could all, all the different operating systems could talk online together. Yeah. I don't think I anticipated how wide-reaching it would be, if you get what I mean. No, I do, because I think you go into it thinking it would just be kind of an individual, but actually it's more this widespreading community computer mm. technology yeah I thought it'd be more like what's that Ryan Gosling film where he has that doll and everyone has to pretend she's real is he is, is it something like 
he's called like Larkin or something. I don't know. I thought I knew every Gosling film. Oh, anyway, don't mind me. Um, yeah, I thought it would be about him being quite a strange man, but he seems quite ordinary. And it was bizarrely not a futuristic romance. and the real girl, sorry. Yes, that's yes, that's what it was on about. But it was more of a, a philosophical meditation. Mm. No, I think I think I definitely agree with you. It focuses more on kind of posing those big questions and making mm-hmm. you think about them and kind of the real world like reactions yeah. and implications of something like this. Yeah, I think it's even more interesting having just a voice as opposed to it being a full-on yeah. robot as in a, a physical, you know, body. Yeah, I didn't that make you question, question so much about, I don't know, your kind of, like, relationship with other people. Mm. And I guess maybe the closest replication of what we have now could even be something like this, the fact that we are both sat in our respective countries talking mm. to a computer kind of to a voice even though obviously we have yeah that's very true yeah it's like an extended version of that yeah like the kind of mind and matter theory stuff which oh i could bore you on but i won't oh, feel free to if you like oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't we don't need to rehash okay that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't think about it like that. It's not the same thing, but in a way, it's like... It's an extreme version. Of, yeah, like, say if people fell in love over, like, Zoom. Well, I guess <laughs> Have people not fall met in love over text message, don't they? If you think of people yeah. who are, like, online messaging. Yeah, it's online relationship to the very, very extreme. But yeah. I found it more interesting as well in terms of not only, you know, oh, can you fall in love with a computer? But can you fall in love with someone just for their personality and not for yeah. their body? It's like, uh, you know, the David Levithan books, um, Another Day and Every Day. I don't know which title they use, but they turned it into a film. Every Yes, Every Day. Yeah, I know the one you're... Yeah, yeah because... Um, one of them is, well, there's two books and it's the same story, but told from each person's perspective. And that's about how a girl falls in love with this personality and that entity keeps waking up in a different body. Mm-hmm. And it's that, from love with them, not necessarily the actual body they're in. So it's also very similar to that. And that's why it's so interesting. Like, say your partner right now, could you still be in love with them if, like say they died and then you just put them in a box and then like you just can't see them you yeah. were just chatting with that box all the time and it's kind of like linking to the weird like mind uploading of ideas as well being like would that still be the same same person same could you yeah mm. it's interesting to, to think about no it also makes me think of the host and how i i've been so long since i've watched or read it so I don't know the names, but that man, there's a man in it that falls in love with the soul that mm. enters into this woman's body. And then he's still 
in love with her when she gets moved into a different body. Yeah, so it's kind of this prioritization of the mind over the body, perhaps. Is is that oh don't necessarily say is that possible, but how likely is it that people can just fall in love with a, a voice, a, a personality? Well, that's the thing, because I think the film, you could argue, shows you arguments for both sides. Mm. Because it could show you that, yes, it is possible, because, of course, their relationship and how they're able to kind of fall. Obviously, they do. They fall in love with each other. Mm. He falls in love with them. But, but yeah, in this film. So I guess you could argue that it does show that it's possible, but then they encounter problems because of the fact that she has no physical form mm. and she is kind of of this other mm. in the physical realm kind of things you could say that well, it only works to a certain extent yeah kind of the whole scene where they get um isabella in to be to be like her her body so mm. they have that physical element to their relationship as well yeah and how how that entire scene plays out yeah yeah what is it that defines a partner because why is it that so he he can be in a relationship with a voice but not a body but then there are people who they will be in a relationship with not quite a body but you know some people do grow attached to like say the sex doll or she or not even that like a car and it doesn't have a voice mm. or I, I don't know maybe mm, neither form is that socially accepted but also I was I so still, is that the problem society yeah, accepting certain things yeah other things I feel like that's one of the things he struggles with is but like, he's happy in his relationship but he's worried how other people will respond to him saying that she's an operating system. Yeah, and if you think of, like, when he meets his his wife to sign the divorce paper... Yeah. ...and she makes the comment about how he always wanted this kind of perfect wife who would just kind of do everything without, like, the responsibilities of her kind of... Mm. I know, being her own person as such, maybe? So you could yeah. that potential... I know, does he not view Samantha? It, it definitely makes you... See, even I, I don't know, I've seen this film countless times and still all of these kind of questions and ideas, and I think there are so many ways that you can argue, oh, the film shows that there is, like, either love is, like, universal, no matter what, like, humans, mm-hmm. like, humans fall in love, or you could argue that it shows love being just, like, codependency and he just wants someone to kind of just Mm. be a companion and be there to whatever yeah isn't he quite selfish though in that he is because when if he's not speaking to her then she's in her internet i don't know what you call it in her realm yeah in her cloud (laughs) having a scroll looking up at advice columns yeah, and talking to like Touch. uploaded minds of philosophers. Yeah, but I, a lot of it, I feel she, 
she's reliant on him for the relationship and to he's that active one I personally feel like he's the one who calls her up and he's like right we're gonna go do this today and then he's like right off you go mm. in into your cloud I know she can do what she wants when she's in the cloud but then he calls on her to well and she does call him but she's restricted to his human way of life and like yeah. having to wait for him to wake up once he's fallen asleep exactly and she's kind of beyond that mm. and I think that's where that's where it goes at the end it's kind yes. of her realization in a way that she's kind of beyond matter mm. beyond the kind of realm of the human because of course at the beginning we see her just kind of comparing what she has the fact that she doesn't have a body and that she wants mm. a body and she wants to be able to experience things the way that he does mm. and the way the humans do but then over time she manages I know she realizes that what she's got is maybe something more by not being constricted to the human form mm, yeah do you think that you could find yourself in his position of falling in love with an operating system if we had something like that in the future I reckon if we did have something like that in the future it would definitely be something that happened and I think a lot of it is about the kind of companionship that it offers Mm. and that kind of codependence and Mm. someone else because like you see even in in relationships now you see people Mm. getting into relationships that maybe aren't good or aren't with the right people purely mm. because they want that companionship they want mm. they feel like having someone else mm. will make them complete and whole yeah as such because I think we're we're always told that that's like the ultimate aim to have mm. someone and like I'm not I'm not dissing this because obviously yeah yeah I'm just saying that that's a thing so I think it's definitely definitely possible obviously it opens up it's a whole other new set of problems and dilemmas and issues and everything with it but also humans are people who want companionship and want mm. living communities and so by offering that codependence yeah okay. yeah I completely completely understand how he falls in love with her and I don't judge him, it makes sense to me and the only thing is though, I feel like I wouldn't because a lot of being in a relationship or being in love etc for me is about being able to actually even just like hold a hand or have a hug yeah, I, I would be lonely without that. Yeah, because I think the whole kind of talking and having that kind of verbal companionship is only one element of it, as opposed to mm. kind of having the actual physical person. Yeah. And maybe that's one of the reasons that in the film it doesn't really no. last that long between them, because... It's, it's not that compatible. It's only maybe got some of the elements that mm. you would think. Yeah. In the future, it would work for some people, but I don't think most people, mm. because, like you say, all the kind of 
physical extroverts just aren't there. No. So he decides that Samantha is his girlfriend, right? But say if he wanted to make her his wife, would that be possible? In like how how would that work? It probably wouldn't be. I don't know. I hadn't I hadn't thought. Because the thing is, though, their relationship couldn't have really progressed much further past the state that it was before it ended, like before things started going wrong, before she started to kind of just keep improving and wanting to move beyond and kind of getting faster and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. it kind of hit a standstill at where Mm -hmm. they could progress in that. Yeah, true. I can't go over. Could you imagine if we were all floating blobs in this world and then we just fell in love with people's personalities? Well, I mean, you you do, but I just I well, just can't imagine it. I don't think, and if, like you don't you have to be. Well, I don't know. We've been like questioning whether you do exclusively fall in love mm. with personality. You just have to be attracted to someone my mind is so confused right now <laughs> there's so many thoughts happening in here I've got, I, n- I never thought I have right is mm-hmm. at near the start when he first uh not creates Samantha but installs her <laughs> yeah and they ask would you like it to have a male voice or female voice to which he hesitates and goes eh, female I guess I thought how much as gender come into this is super interesting because here we go we don't biologically it, it's a computer yeah and so how that how is that even gendered and as soon as you give a voice to it it becomes gendered because we play stereotypes and assumptions linked to gender because we think in that very clear kind of gender binary mm. and ascribe people traits in computers traits and things yeah. dependent on that and um it, we actually had to yeah. look at a study about whether computers were gender neutral or not a scientific study oh, really? experiment um with diff- male and female voices and computers and it basically students went in and had to answer different questions and kind of learn things from this computer and then like evaluate the computer and it showed a bias for certain traits linked to the feminine versus linked to the masculine Mm. dependent on the voice so like as humans we kind of unconsciously ascribe genders and therefore gender associations Mm. to things so I think it would have been entirely different story if he had picked a male voice yeah could could he have turned into a friend yeah could he have fallen in love with the male voice that would be an interesting film to see because then that would rather than it just being like oh it's a female therefore he has to fall in love with her because yeah men and women can only have relationships when they love each other yeah well I don't know well I'm not saying I believe that but you know I know 
well, I don't know what his um, sexuality is, but it is, yeah, it, it's interesting to think about what is your sexuality, not that you have to have a label for it, but when you, it's not down to physical attraction because yeah. there's nothing to see. There, it's but no biological sex. Exactly, it's just kind of him. So would you, like... Imposing that on her. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah, because I guess the kind of, in the film, what we see of the relationships within the film, it is very heterosexual and heteronormative. And, like, if you think of the relationship that Amy has with her female OS, it's, you don't obviously see much of their interactions with each other. But it's it very flirty. Like, it does seem very flirty, yeah, but she never, I don't know whether maybe her and her OS is the reason she divorced her husband. They don't really ever go into that or what. So I think it would have been interesting to see that and see a kind of non-exclusively heteronormative view. Yeah, well, he hesitates before picking a voice. Yeah. And I guess... Does that show that he's, I know he's using his OS to kind of fill in the gap he has in his life? Because, of course, he doesn't want to divorce his wife. He wants to stay with her. And it's like, does he just want that codependence, that feminine? Mm. Does he know when he gets his OS that he wants them to be, that he wants to be in a relationship with them? How... Or does he just think, oh, I, I just want a friend or... Yeah, I don't... Maybe it's like an unconscious thing for mm. wanting a relationship. Or does he think that a female voice would be more, I don't know, more kind of comforting? Is it because his other, whatever operating system thing he had before that like read out his emails was a very kind of bland robotic mm. male voice? Does he think a female mm. would make a better... Kind of companion friendship. Another thing to consider is how multiple humans can interact with one OS. And so you know when um, they go on that double date with his work pal Chris Pratt mm-hmm. and his um, partner, um, I found that really fascinating because when Samantha talks, who who do they look at? They I noticed they all were just. Sort of looking yeah. at the ground or into the sky. And it oh it's so hard. How how do you interact then? That feel completely change. It's so unnatural. You know, yeah, because we're so used well. to having a face and a body yeah. to look at and interact with that a voice comes out of. Yeah. Body language is so important. Yeah. And and then you remove that. Yeah. And it just opens up a whole set of Mm. yeah and there's there aren't those cues of if you when you know that someone wants to you know jump in and add to the conversation or there's no say if someone feels feeling nervous you wouldn't be able to tell unless you vocalize that so you can't give her a little smile to reassure it's so different there's so many things to think of that change yeah it it seems to completely strip back communication to purely words mm. but like you say there's only so much 
that you can get from that. And I think there are times where I think towards the end, the conversations between Theodore and Samantha, like we can tell as an audience, it's mm-hmm. a bit more kind of tense and on the edge because we can see how he's like, his body is reacting as he's talking and as she's talking. Mm. like verbally it's just like a few really short simple words like no everything's okay and then they just end and he carries on doing his work yeah Mm. can Samantha feel a physical attraction because it's it's so he can only hear her but as well as her being able to hear him she can see him yeah so does she find him physically attractive or not how would it affect their relationship if he didn't have a camera I don't know because I feel like maybe the the in their relationship the camera is used more to show her the rest of the world mm-hmm. rather than him perhaps well when she well when it's a it's called yeah, Isabella. Isabella yeah Isabella well she ask her to wear a camera so she can see him well I don't really know because that I guess opens up the question of whether attraction maybe is purely a a mental thing or whether Mm. it's I guess going back to the whole whether it's just a mental thing or a physical thing as well so and I guess with Samantha's whole idea of he she wants matter she wants a body but then she seems to realize that she's able to progress further by not being physically bound to the Mm -hmm. world yeah and is that why she's their relationship isn't able to continue because she's kind of okay I know that all the OS's disappear Mm -mm. but say they didn't would their relationship maybe not being able to continue because she would have preferred the metaphysical mental world as opposed to being bound by the physical yeah yeah I'm confused as well by how they have sex but well I know how in terms of doing the phone sex but how does she just be a performance for her because yeah because she has no physical sensations at all no he can't produce any physical sensations in her I don't, what is her physicality? You know, does she, she doesn't have, have that. Her physicality is a bunch of wires. Yeah, uh, yeah. She, she some room. You can hear her. Well, she sounds like like. It, does she put it on or not? Because she sounds like an actual person that is engaging in sex with him. But she yeah, can't right. feel. You know, well, she's moaning in that. She, how? I don't understand it. Can she actually feel that way or not? I, I don't think so. I don't think she has the, like, the actual capacity to, but I think for her it's all, all mental. So I think in those situations, she's just drawing on influences from mm. other people in order to make her seem more human. It's like when he mentions her breathing or sighing, Mm. that's completely kind of fabricated and fake mm. put on because she has no actual need to do that apart mm. from to make 
him kind of trick him into thinking he's a real person who has yeah. a physical form mm. so I, you could see it all as a very one one-sided thing in that respect because mm. he hasn't got any connection to the physical he couldn't no. imagine what it would feel like to have a body to have no. any sort of physical sensation it's all mental for her yeah and she's just replicating other humans in order to mm. connect with him yeah you know i bizarre once again slightly off topic i find him attractive in it me too <laughs> i didn't expect that i really I didn't think, you don't expect it and i think also the mustache you don't expect it no so i don't know i'll be does the film make us fall in love with him both mentally and physically? Well, that's what I was wondering. Is it that we're so confused by asking questions about what, what do you, what makes you fall in love with someone that then as he learns to fall in love with just a voice, we learn to fall in love with just a person on the screen? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting to think. Mm-hmm. And I think kind of a tangent to that point, the entire mm-hmm. film is so beautiful. Yeah. It's beautifully shot, the colours, just every kind of screen grab of that film could be a printed photograph. It's just so yeah. beautiful. Especially the flashbacks to him being with his wife. Yeah. That shot really beautifully. And also when he's really happy at a point when I thought that the film was going to end when him and Samantha had made up after their first fight and then he was really happy walking along chatting with her doing what would be um, a montage of a couple holding hands if she was and the end of a physical person yeah and that's where I thought it was going to end and that was really beautiful I think it's quite I think the fact that it doesn't end there Mm. then brings in all these other but the questions about kind of like the, the nature of love. And I like the kind of how it ends with there's still, I know there's still like a feeling of, of hope with them because you then have him connecting with Amy. And I'm not I'm not saying that they fall in love because I don't know. They could. Do you but... think are they about to kiss when you leave them? Well, that's the thing. I think it's very much you could see that ending as okay. Now they're going to get together mm. and they're going to have a beautiful relationship because they now both know they both have failed marriages. He's had his thing with Samantha. Maybe that's made him better. Or you could just see it as that's him with human connection with someone else mm. rather than like being all reclusive and just receding into himself like we see at the beginning of the film maybe mm. he's realized the importance of human connection yeah i think you can see it either way and i like the fact that it leaves you mm. feeling like okay yeah he had this crazy relationship with all these ups and downs but there's still hope for that human connection yeah. with people getting along living happy lives mm. Mm. Okay. Um, any other thoughts on your favourite film and why it's your favourite film? Well, not your favourite, but well, I think one it's, of. it's up there because I think part, partly because I am such a hopeless romantic, even though it's not 
the most romantic film in the world. Mm. Well, I think, I think a lot of it goes goes back to the end point and maybe just how it shows, I know, the human's ability to love, to kind of yeah. form these relationships, even in these kind of unconventional with ways I think it is just a, a film all about connection with other people but also I think he grows a lot as a person himself yeah because he's able to at the end of the film yeah. write that letter to his wife oh sorry you're yeah. saying I realize I need to forgive you well say um, sorry actually yeah so I think it kind of gives you that little bit of like hope in in people and mm. humanity. And I'm a sucker yes. for that. I'm a Me sucker too. for finding out that people are actually good <laughs> and capable of good things. Okay. And yeah, I know it's just beautiful. And I love that it's a film that just keeps you questioning and thinking. Yeah. Every time I watch it, I pull something new. Mm. I see something in a slightly different way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just a really yeah. big fan. Oh, that's good. And I also did like it. I, yeah. Did I say this to you before that back when I first watched it, I thought yeah. it was one of those films that no one knew about. I thought it was like one of those kind of niche. Yeah. <laughs> no one knew, but actually everyone knows it and it's a really popular film. Yeah. But I think for good reason. It is. Be interesting. Yeah. Any final remarks from you? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope our, I don't know, convoluted conversation has made some sense in some form. Mm-hmm. But like you say, it's a nice link back to some of the AI stuff. Yes. The beginning of the series. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to our blog moment. Blog moment. We don't even need to add the audio in there. We just have it done. <laughs> I love it. I can't resist saying it. Yeah. Who does your brand moment go to? Listen, I've been trying to find out for the last two minutes because I was I looking. I don't mind if you want me to go first. No, it's only because I wanted to do it for the Tonys. Ooh. I thought it makes sense. And do you know what? And I completely forgot to look it up. Oh, mine was from the Tonys as well. So I saw the drink one. Yeah, okay. I was literally looking for I was like, blah, 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 blah. I, and then I, then I found a picture and I was like, I don't know who it is. And I was trying to find out. I don't know. Because, oh, yeah, I don't know. God, who did you, who did you find? I'm, I'm still well, I found Marianne Elliott, who is the director of the new production of Company. Company, um, which also in this new production of Company, the main character has been gender swapped and it is now a female rather than a male. And Patty Lapone is also she's back in it, yeah. And it won direction of won won best director of a musical at the Tonys this year. So. Big ups to you, Marianne Elliott. And then it'll be great because it's a Sondheim musical as well. Yeah. Adore Sondheim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just found that Jennifer Simard, she was nominated as well, who's in company. So congrats to her. 
Yeah. I actually hadn't, um, I forgot, that's what I wanted to do this morning, look through, see who all the winners were. Six seemed to do quite well. Yeah. Wales did quite well. Um, what actually won? A Strange Loop. A Strange, that's the one that Jennifer Hudson is in. And she oh. now has an Emmy, a Tony, a Grammy and an Oscar. She's now an EGOT winner because she won a Tony this year. So that's pretty cool. Um, what is this MJ the Musical? It's a Michael Jackson which... musical. No, I was going to ask, is it Michael Jackson? But surely yeah. in this day and age... I'm pretty sure it's Michael I can't, Jackson. I can't imagine that doing well. I is that acceptable? Well. I don't know whether it just uses his songs in like a Mamma Mia style thing. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I'm pretty sure it's not like Tina Turner the musical. Okay. Her. Oh, did you see Billy Crystal was nominated for Best Actor in a Musical? Is he? Yeah. Hmm. I didn't know he was doing theatre at the moment. Hmm. I actually haven't seen many clips from the Tony. I haven't seen anything because, so we're recording this uh the morning after the Tonys, or afternoon after. Yeah. Um, and so obviously it happened at 1am our time. So um, I've been running around doing stuff. You've been doing work. So we don't actually know this is our time now catching up. Plus it's one of those things that it's really hard to get footage of being yeah. not in America. And even, I swear, online... There's not that much stuff to say on Instagram compared to after the Oscars and Golden Globes and BAFTA because yeah, there's so much content, but people don't need to be as bothered. It's such a shame because they always have really good musical performances. Like yeah, they do. I saw a little bit of one of them. There's a bit of an Andrew Garfield cameo. I was like, yes. I saw, uh, I, I imagine this must have been last night. There's a clip of Andrew going like, shut the heck up. But um, oh, I can't remember who he was doing that. I don't know what the context was, but, you know, like, stop saying this. It was enjoyable. Yeah, and obviously Darren Chris was one of the co-hosts. Darren hosted. And he wrote a song for the beginning, and I need to find a, a video of it. Yeah. So I'm just going to do, no, I have to do work this afternoon but maybe this evening I'll go yeah. on for some Tony's clips yes Tony's yeah. content <laughs> yeah so I hope you've enjoyed this kind of little brief interlude at the end yeah about the Tony's yes um, and thank you very much for listening to season two I can't believe we've done two series now wow amazing look at us we'll be back at some point yes Soon. knowing us we won't be able to break for long because we're constantly doing <laughs> things and wanting to yeah. make more podcasts because we enjoy this yeah yes maybe the end of the summer we'll be back yes we will see you shortly keep an eye out on our instagram for updates yes until then thanks for listening to see o'clock with keller see you next time